It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 97.1 FM. Connor Mills on the mic alongside Joey Medora as we take it up until 7 o'clock today on this 15th day of June. 6.06 on the clock and 77 degrees and partly sunny outside in Athens, Ohio. And you know, earlier on today it was cloudy. We expected some rain maybe, but it has shaped out to be a nice day. And it was really a nice weekend, especially for Athens baseball on Saturday. Athens picked up the win in Game 1 of the doubleheader against Lancaster Post 11 by a score of 5-2. to two. And then uh, we didn't have the second game on the airwaves, but we did have uh, the, uh, well, we had the first game, didn't have the second game. We caught um, the good one, though. We called the good one. <laughs> the, the second one was a blowout win, a 12-3 to victory for Lancaster, giving Athens their first loss of the season. Uh, but sports fan presented by J&K Contracting. Phone lines are open at 740-592-6646. Call in, be a part of the program. Uh, but, you know, it was a, a good game one. The bats... Uh, started out a little bit slow. There was a streak yeah. of, what was it, nine strikeouts in a row, seven strikeouts in a row? Uh, um, they struck out 12 times in the first five innings of the game. But still, I mean, you come away with the win after striking out you know, 12 times uh, earlier on. Um, it's not a, a good stat to, to have, but still, you know, they were able to figure out a way to still put the ball in play, come around that sixth inning, and still uh, figure out a way to win that ball game. Yeah, uh, it, it didn't look good early on. I mean... Uh, starter for Lancaster struck out for nine guys in his first three innings. He was a good pitcher now. He's definitely bringing it, throwing it uh, probably in the mid to low 80s was probably what he was topping out at. And you could see Athens was uh, pretty behind the fastball. I believe they only had one hit through the first three innings. Peyton Gale was able to rip a double to lead off the ball game. But other than that, wasn't much uh, action on the base pass for Athens, and uh, they fell behind one nothing after a leadoff home run for Lancaster in the bottom of the first inning. And so. Yeah, well, even with the, you talked about Peyton Gale, and I, I thought Gale, when he hit that ball down the left field line, I thought that that was going to be uh, pretty close to going out of there. I mean, he hit the bottom of the fence uh, with the bases loaded, so he cleared the base path. You're talking about a different hit than I was, but. Uh, well, uh, yeah, he had three doubles in the ball game for Peyton Gale, and, that you know, that last double for him uh, was, was definitely his biggest. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, that, yeah, in that top of the sixth inning, they finally started to string together some hits, much like we saw in the Megs game on Thursday, where they didn't really have any big innings. They had scored three runs, and I believe it was the third inning of that game, and then they went on to win 3-2. to two. Same thing happened. I mean, they ended up piling on five runs in that, uh, in that one inning. They got a little lucky, got a couple singles to start out. Then Eli Kennedy went for a sack bunt, and he got it down. Would have moved the runners up third baseman, kicks the error. All of a sudden, you got bases loaded, nobody out, and uh, they capitalized on it. Picked up another base hit. Mainly the the big one was the Peyton Gale double to hit off the bottom of the wall. And much like you, I thought it was going to get out for a second. I mean, he absolutely smoked that ball. Just sat back and ripped it. It was a changeup, and he did not miss it. And he had probably the best day at the plate for Athens in that game. Three doubles for Gale. Really doing a nice job setting the table at the top of the order. But, yeah. And then after that, I mean, Cornwell, besides the leadoff home run in the first inning, he pitched solid again through four innings. And uh, then Eli Kennedy came in through a couple good innings, and then Nate Trainer finished it off with the save yet again. That's his second on the season. So it was, it didn't look good early, but uh, they got the bats going when they needed to and uh, played pitched well, played good defense as they always have, and uh, came away with another victory. Yeah, they did. And, you know, take a look at the season stats so far to this point. I mean, they've had four games 
you know, two games against Megs. They had the one home, one away, uh, and then, of course, the, the doubleheader on Saturday. Uh, so we're four games into the young season, but still, you know, Eli Kennedy with the 429 batting average, uh, Carson Baker, 500, Aiden Constable, uh, 300 average, uh, Stevens batting 250, Jack Cornwell, 333, uh, Nate Trainer batting 545. That leads the team, except for uh, Will uh, Jinder, who um, you know, is one for one. That's a you know, pretty hard to say that that's a, a perfect batting average. It is, uh, you know, but uh, comparatively, uh, he's had the uh, the one game played, the uh, the one plate appearance, but still uh, Nate Trainer um, you know, 545, and he's really been seeing the ball well. Uh, you know, after taking the extended time off. Yeah, well, I mean, we come to expect that from Trainer. Just look at his last season, batted 419, was real solid on the mound as well. One of the one of the best players on a really good Athens team last year, and I fully expect uh, that he would have had similar results this season. We also seen the power out of his bat coming out these past couple games. Uh, smacked a home run in the first game, hit one off the wall in the second game, and he's been hitting the ball pretty good. Had a nice line drive base hit RBI single up the middle in the first game on Saturday. So yeah, he's seen the ball quite well, but all these guys are. I mean, obviously the strikeouts have been have been a bit of an issue for them. They struck out a bunch of times in the Megs game as well and but uh, well, you know, once they're able to start putting the ball in play, uh, they really they really make things happen offensively and uh, you know, when you play a doubleheader, the biggest thing you have to worry about just win one of the games. If you can get two, of course, it's a bonus, but you just cannot lose both of them, and they were able to come away with that first win. Obviously, they had a rough go of it in game two, but, I mean, through the first week, three and one, I mean, you can't you can't ask to be in a much better situation. No, and, uh, you know, they've got Jackson coming up on Thursday. They have, uh, on Sunday, I believe, it's going to be Parkersburg. Uh, Parkersburg. Parkersburg comes here uh, to Athens, if I remember the schedule correctly. Uh, but you know, the one that has been consistent, you know, it, it has been their pitching. Uh, Cameron East, Eli Kennedy did a nice job on the mound. Jack Cornwell with the one ERA. Trainer uh, with the 2.3 ERA. Preston Hayes, five innings pitched. Um, seems like Hayes and Reese Wallace, we, we weren't in that second game, so we uh, we weren't able to see that second game. Uh, but it seems like Preston Hayes and Reese Wallace, both with five innings each on the season, uh, they, they uh, had a little trouble against Lancaster Post-11. Um, on the season, it's Preston Hayes giving up 10 runs. Uh, Reese Wallace with six runs given up. Uh, both of them with six uh, runs earned. Uh, but still, you know, they, uh, they they battled through. And Athens pitching outside of that one game has been solid to this point. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, I mean, outside of that, I know they only scored one run in that first game time at Lancaster. But, um you could really see that they had a lot of hit. They had a lot of traffic on the bases. They were picking up a hit almost every inning off Cornwell. He did a good job pitching out of the stretch and working his way out of jams. So that team could hit the ball for sure. And, uh, you know, you can only hold off a team like that for so long, and they kind of exploded there in that second game. But, you know, you're not going to win them all in this league, and, uh, you know, they, they came out of the first week with a winning record. And that's really all you can ask. You know, and uh, you know, they really haven't played, you know, really organized baseball since they went down to Florida, which was even more impressive down in, in March. Uh, so they, they had that extended time off. They had a practice at a couple you know, open fields. They couldn't practice on a baseball field. Uh, but all things considered, so far so good for the Athens attack team. Uh, and it, it's, it's been fun to watch. You know, it's fun to watch these guys playing. And for those of you who listened to the broadcast on Saturday... Uh, you heard that Eli Kennedy's mom did get hit with that foul ball. Uh, I heard earlier today that that she seems to be fine, um, so she is is doing well. 
uh, which is always good to hear, especially it was a hard-hit ball off the bat of uh, Lancaster yeah, Post-11's not, not kid. Not much time to uh, get out of the way. It was just uh, unfortunate. The fences weren't very, very high going up the foul line on that field. And, yeah, but it's good to hear that she's, that she's doing well. And she, uh, let's see, I, I got the word from Trevor here. Update from Eli's mom's dad is doing well. She has a concussion and had to get 10 stitches, but everything is going well. So that's the most important thing. It's going well. Um, you know, very unfortunate when, when you have you know, somebody get hit by the uh, the foul ball. Uh, but still, did a, uh, no, Athens won the game too. And uh, Eli came into pitch. And he got the uh, win. And he got the win. Yeah, something very fascinating. Jack Cornwell, you know, to the fact that he changes, he's a lefty, so obviously that, that could be tough enough for guys to begin with. Um, but the fact that he changes arm angles, sometimes mid-at-bat, he'll throw his fastball over the top, but he has kind of this, uh, it's some kind of breaking pitch, but for it, he'll throw side-armed, which is just interesting. I'm not sure if I've ever seen a pitcher that would change their arm angles mid-game. You're either over the top, three-quarters, sidearm, some are submarine. But he changes his arm angles throughout the game. It's very interesting, and uh, it probably has a lot to do with the success he's able to have on the mound. I mean, just when you're a guy, I mean, imagine being a batter. You see this guy, he's throwing over the top the whole time, and all of a sudden he dips down and throws his sidearm. You probably can't even read it coming out of his hand. Right. Well, I wonder if he, so the, the ones that I saw him do the sidearm pitch were normally an off-speed pitch, whether it be like some kind of changeup, some kind of curveball, uh, I wonder if he, he also throws a fastball in there too. Like, can he throw uh, accurately with that? With that, uh, you know, well, he definitely throw strikes. I yeah, mean, he did it. He throws strikes, but can he throw something a little bit faster uh, with that sidearm pitch? Yeah, that would be something to worry about, right? If they can pick up on the fact that every time you throw it sidearm, it's going to be an off-speed pitch. That's kind of something that you, that you don't really want to tip off. But uh, yeah, I, it did look like every time he kind of dipped down there. That it was an off-speed pitch, but I'm sure. I mean, if you can throw a changeup for a strike sidearm, I guarantee you could throw a fastball. It's basically the same pitch, except you pull the pull your wrist down, make it slow the ball down. It looks the same pitch. That's why changeup's effective because it looks like a fastball. It's slower though. Right. But right. um, yeah, it'd be, it's inter- that's interesting to see throughout the summer. I, I I don't know if I've ever really seen even at like pro college level, much less a high school kid. I don't know if I've ever seen a guy. Like change arm angles throughout, throughout even in that bat. Like he'll come over the top first two pitches, then he'll throw like a changeup sidearm on the next pitch. It's 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 really interesting to watch, really. And it is. I mean, the one person that I can really you know, that comes to the top of my mind, you know, at the professional level, who kind of changes a little bit of their motion. Uh, well, first, I think Marcus Stroman does change uh, a little bit of his motion. Sometimes it's a little bit sped up. Sometimes he slows down. Sometimes he holds, uh, comes to a hold, and then. Starts to go, but he just changes with that rhythm, changes with the pace that's of the not, game. That's not his but arm angle, not, though. It's not the arm yeah. angle, but it's something, you know, that it's it's different. You know, it's something that, you know, tries to mess with the batter. It's not exactly the same. I can't, a pitcher doesn't come to mind that changes the arm angle. No. Uh, but, you know, for somebody who changes his motion like that, uh, uh, Stroman, uh, sometimes, you know, I got a lot of Met references, but, you know, Jerry's familiar. You know, familiar would just... Uh, try to quick pitch everybody. Um, so he, he'd go in, and sometimes his delivery is a little bit faster. Sometimes right. he comes in as soon as the batter's right in the batter's box. Uh, right, as soon as the umpire says, all right, go ahead. Uh, but still, you know, it's something cool to see, and it's been effective for Cornwall to, uh, yeah. to this point. I mean, it's a really imp- I mean, I imagine it takes a lot of practice to be able to do that. I mean, I'm not sure. It's got to be really tough to throw it over the top, then all of a sudden you've got to try to throw a pitch sidearm and throw it 
in the strike zone. I mean, it's tough because it's a completely different angle. It's came with completely different motion on how you have to throw it. Obviously, over the top, you have to throw it a certain way. But if you're coming down the side, you know, it's a completely different release point, completely different movement on the ball, where you're trying to get it to go. So it, it's pretty impressive that a, a kid like him is able to do something like that. Man, and uh, and to do it well. Uh, that's that's uh, the most important thing. We'll take a short break on the sports fan. More sports talk on the other side. You're listening to 970 97.1 FM WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer. Call Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair at 740-590-1677 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. When there's something strange lurking under your bed, who are you going to call? Dustbusters! Athens Dustbusters are a licensed, bonded, husband and wife team that offer up top-of-the-line janitorial services at great prices, and they serve commercial and residences across Southeast Ohio. As the seasons change, don't worry about the cleanup. Call Athens Dustbusters at 740-541-7113 for a free quote. But don't just take our word about the Athens Dustbusters. Hi, I'm Sam. And I'm John. And we're Athens Dustbusters, and we will bust your dust. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. It's the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. And on this 15th day of June, 75 degrees, mostly sunny outside, and uh, it has been... You know, it was a good weekend for sports. You know, a lot of things have been happening. Uh, NHL is trying to move forward with a couple of their plans. Uh, but the one thing that they have been really doing, it, it's been a uh, little bit of a setback uh, in, in college football and in college sports because, uh, you know, people are dealing with the coronavirus and you know, they're trying to figure out plans on how to, uh, you know, come back and come back healthy and come back safely. Um, but still, you know, West Virginia had a, a couple football players or a football player test positive for coronavirus. NFL has a couple people test positive. So you're at the point now where you ask, you know, what do you do when you have a, a, a positive test? Yeah. Um, yeah, we saw a lot of player or several players for Houston and uh, Dallas in the NFL, Cowboys and Texans, test positive for the virus. And uh, yeah, I have to imagine that's not that's not a very good sign for everything. I mean, here's the th- the tough thing about it at this point is we're 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 pretty much zeroing in on the fact that um we're pretty much zeroing in on the fact that um athletes 
And like people, if you don't have underlying health conditions and you're not above, let's say it's the age of 65, this virus probably won't be as effective on you as other people. But at the same time, you know, the, 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 the answer is like you can't have athletes coming in and then going back to a family member, giving them the virus. So we got to, I don't know, I don't know what the step forward is going to be if we continue to have so many athletes test positive for it. Well, one team that doesn't really have to worry about testing positive is a team that is playing their season virtually this year, and it comes from uh, Southeast Ohio. Jack Demler, one of the media guys, joins us now. Uh, Demler, it's been a while. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing just fine. And yourself, Connor? Doing all right. It's good to hear from you again. And you know, was, I watched a couple of the video recaps from the Copperheads earlier this yeah. uh, during the weekend. Okay. Uh, so how did this first kind of year go? Or first, first weekend go? Did we lose Demler? Sorry about that. I think I almost lost you for a second. You guys hear me? Yeah, yeah. we can hear yeah, you. Yeah. All right, good. But it's good to hear from you, Demler. And you know, this weekend was kind of the start for the Copperheads. How did this opening weekend go uh, virtually for Southeast Ohio? Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Um, so we've got someone from, we've got the whole staff in on this, the virtual season playing MLB, the show, uh, doing a season of all the home games at least. And so someone was playing the game, and we were playing the Cincinnati Steam. Uh, game one started off a little rough. Uh, and then the Copperheads picked up their heading virtually in games two and three. Uh, Jared Hurd played a big role uh, for the Copperheads, and especially games two and three when he made his debut. So, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, especially from a writer's standpoint. Uh, this year I'm writing for the team, uh, having a little fun with it. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad to hear the name Jared Hurd, uh, Jack, because, you know, me and uh, he was a player last year when me and Connor called games for the team. So uh, that's cool to hear. Uh, I might have missed this. Kirk might have told us when he came on to tell us how. How did you guys uh, figure out who to make the uh, who to make the players on the team? What was like the process so for that? Did, there was like a virtual draft. We had a sign up, uh, so anybody that wanted to uh, could sign up onto this website and give us like a name and a number, and we would create a player for you. Uh, but it was through a link that we tweeted out. Uh, a couple weeks before the season started. Nice, and that's the, it's pretty cool to get the community involved. You know, the the real you know, backbone of of this saying is community owned, student operated, and it's even more so because now the the students are literally operating every single aspect. They're playing the game. They're doing the uh, you know advertisements and stuff. Uh, how did you think the, uh, the the broadcast went? I think it went. I think it went well. Uh, we've got. Samantha, I'm, I'm blanking on her last name, but she, we would send her. Garcia? Video, and I feel she did, uh, yeah, she did a great job uh, with the play-by-play, um, and then we had a couple highlight calls. I think we did a great job getting content out there. Uh, I feel a lot more is left to come, uh, but yeah, it's a great season. I'm really excited for how it started off. So, like, what a for you, you being one of like the, the media journalism type of people, what what kind of, so I saw you do a video recap, pretty pretty well done by the way, I think you learned, had a great mentor at some point, but um, what is kind of the process when you guys are like doing those highlight, those two to three minute highlight calls? Uh, so, for me, uh, what I did was, so I was also writing that game, uh, so I got the clip three, 
three days before it actually aired. Uh, so I would see, okay, what's a big play that I could use? Uh, and I sort of geared it more towards, I tried to stay unbiased, but since I'm working for the Copperheads, I tried to gear it a little more towards what the fans would want to see. Um, so I would look at clips that are, you know, big offensively for the Copperheads and just, you know, try to have fun with it. As, as you said, I've had plenty of great mentors at OU my first year. Uh, you included Medor. Um, <laughs> so I've, you know, I just wanted to have fun with it and get a little personality into it. Uh, sort of like highlight calls that you see on ESPN. Just uh, try to ignore so much the fact that it's a virtual game. Just think of it more as, hey, it's just like you're calling any game uh, that you've covered before. Uh, and. Do you watch the whole broadcast when you're you're trying to do these highlight calls, or do you just kind of go and, and see the box score? And does somebody tell you, hey, you know, in innings six, seven, and eight, you know, the the Copperhead scored you know nine runs in in those innings? I don't know. Uh, but do you I, just jump to the highlights, or do you like to watch the full game before trying to do your highlights? I actually like to watch the full game. Um, there would be times like later innings, I would probably like. You know, fast forward every 10 seconds, try to get some where's a good play. Uh, but first, I would like to watch it all the way through, and then I would, like, mark out, okay, here's where a big play is, take note of that, and then pull that out. So, Demo, obviously this is going to be a big part of your guys' summer, uh, doing these games, playing the entire home schedule. Uh, is there anything else kind of big that the media team is planning to do as, uh, as the uh, summer months continue on here? Yeah, so one big thing uh, that I'm very much looking forward to, we are in the process of getting a documentary out um, about the team's history. Uh, we're going to do our own little docu-series type thing. We laid out some groundwork for what the episodes are going to look like. We've got plans for who we're going to interview. we got a big list of all these interviews that we're going to look to do. Um, we also are working on publishing a newsletter uh the plan right now i believe stands we're going to do a monthly newsletter starting next month um so yeah we're working on that uh and those are the two big things we're also going to clean up a little of the website uh try to reorganize that a little bit but yeah we've we've got a lot on our plate but it'll be a fun summer and you know who has been doing the graphics because the graphics for this season has really uh been an upgrade from uh, from uh, a, a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, so we've got uh, a pre- we've got a whole little team, a little compartment of team player or members, excuse me, uh, on the social media team and the digital team. Dylan Tyson is a big part of that, and you know, I I being in the same class as Dylan, I've been able to see a lot of his work, and I know most of you guys have most of you guys have already as well. Uh, Dylan is fantastic at that digital work uh we've also got a lot of other members but the name that stands out to me is dylan tyson i uh, really appreciate the time here uh demler uh, yeah, heard you're over at work and you got a nice little break there for us so always appreciate you taking the time and calling into the station always good to hear from you yeah i appreciate the call guys have a good one yeah thanks a lot dem so that was uh, Demler, one of the media guys over at the South, uh, Southern Ohio Copperheads. Uh, Copperheads conducting their season virtually this year. And you know, it's a pretty cool little setup there because you know, it's something new, it's something different, and they're going for it. You know, yeah. They could have just easily been like any other summer collegiate team and said, hey, 
you know, we're not going to do anything this summer. We've closed our doors, and, and you know, we're, we're going to hide from, from everybody for a year. Uh, but but the comprehensive saying, listen, we're going to go out, we're going to try to do this thing, and they, they've been doing it virtually. There are a lot of work by these students have been going into it, and uh, I, I think so far it has paid off for them. Yeah, I was curious to see how it was going to be executed. Uh, obviously, Kerp, when he called in, told us it was all going to be a big, you know, like a lot of uh, pre-production process, you know, because uh, at first, when I first heard the idea, I thought it might be like a live stream of a game being played. You have the broadcaster on, but no, they, they they really took a lot of time for each individual game that they've done so far, and uh, they've been putting out great content. I mean, I'm not trying to slight anybody, but me and you worked last year, and we didn't even have highlight calls for uh, any of the games. You know, they were usually written for I mean, most of the games. You can't slight anybody when no, it wasn't anybody's job to do it. <laughs> you know, so uh, yeah, I mean, they've they've improved. Uh, you know, the media department. Uh, and I think that they've done a, a tremendous job so far this year. Yeah, the, and as he mentioned, Dylan Tyson, shout out to him, does a great job with the graphics this year. They look so much crisper and more updated. Uh, he did a lot of stuff with uh, WB, created Hardwoods, uh, Hardwood Heroes, new logos and things like that. But yeah, good to talk to Demler. Demler, Athens reporter for Hardwood this past year. Yeah. So you're listening at home. You probably saw his face once or twice on uh, on your uh, computer screens. That was uh, Hardwood, right? Yep. The, uh, yeah. Yep. Um, but we also do have some news about uh, Thursday's game. We're going back now to, to Athens baseball for a little bit. Uh, the the MacArthur 303 and the Jackson 164 combined team. Uh, so the MacArthur Jackson team will just say uh, that game has been moved to now Beaver Field. Or that'll be a uh, uh, Beaver Eastern High School. So that game uh, six o'clock. But that game uh, we'll we'll still have it for you on the radio. But if you're planning on attending that game. It's now going to be at Beaver Eastern High School uh, for that Jackson and Athens game coming up on Thursday. It's weird because there was a baseball game you know, on Saturday. You had you know, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, all with one day's rest. Now they have a little bit of extended break going over. Uh, of course, you know, Copperheads don't really have to worry about an extended break. <laughs> they, they can just keep on going and uh, keep on playing their games. I wonder if he's just going to continue to play the game all season long. Um, that's the one question we forgot to ask Demler, though. How, you know, is it just one guy? Like, who's playing the games? Are they simulated? It looks to me that they've simulated them from the just the clips I've seen. Because usually, for a user, you can see like an icon underneath. You can tell who's controlling who. But they didn't have that, so it looked to me like it was a, just a simulated game. Which I mean, I guess you're going to get the most fair outcome. I want to see the ratings on some of these players. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what if they just jacked all the Copperheads guys up to like 99 and well. Probably that didn't happen because they lost their first game. But well, uh, they won the next. They two. won the series. That's yeah, right. They, they hey, just series. like last summer, we always beat the steam. Yeah. Uh, did we? Yeah, we. Did we went four and two against them. Yeah, we did beat the steam. It was the settlers. We had like some, fifteen yeah. guys the one game. I mean, people were shagging <laughs> balls. We had like three guys in BP shagging balls, and we still took two out of three from them. Yeah, I remember. They were not too happy with us by by the end of that no, series. No, they weren't. No, uh, Daniel Cruz not, had the bat flip, and yeah, yeah, you know, it all kind of went south after that. Yeah, again, we were, we just broadcasted for them last year. <laughs> uh, they, they were not too happy with the Copperheads team. I, mean, I didn't. Um, I mean, you know, I was all for it. I remember yeah, calling. I, the, I, I called yeah. the Daniel Cruz bat flip. I was fired up. Oh yeah, it was a uh, uh, good game, good season for the Copperheads, despite everything that they had to go through at the beginning of the year. We'll take another short break here on the Sports Fan. On the other side, let's take a look around the nation, see what's going down. Of course, college football. Trying to struggle with that coronavirus pandemic, plus NFL players now testing positive, and MLB still 
has yet to come to an agreement, even after the MLB Players Association said, tell us where and when. And now, of course, the commissioner, Rob Manfred, has said, well, no, I'm not 100% committed to, uh, to forcing a season. So they don't even know what's going on right now. But I do. It's a break. You're listening to Sportsman on 970 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. I'm Brad Keselowski, driver of the number two discount tire Ford Mustang. Have you ever been in a hurry to get somewhere? When ding, your tire pressure light comes on? Properly inflated tires are essential to the health of your car and can help keep you driving safely. Check your tire pressures every month, especially before long road trips, or stop by your neighborhood tire retailer for help. A message from the U.S. Tire Manufacturers Association. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer? Call Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair at 740-590-1677 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. When there's something strange lurking under your bed, who are you going to call? Dustbusters! Athens Dustbusters are a licensed, bonded, husband and wife team that offer up top-of-the-line janitorial services at great prices, and they serve commercial and residences across Southeast Ohio. As the seasons change, don't worry about the cleanup. Call Athens Dustbusters at 740-541-7113 for a free quote. But don't just take our word about the Athens Dustbusters. Hi, I'm Sam. And I'm John. And we're Athens Dustbusters, and we will bust your dust. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Uh, uh. It's The Sports Fan 970 WATH. Bill's the Mike Long, Joe Dort. Got you up until 7 o'clock on The Sports Fan, presented by JNK Contracting. Still 75 degrees out, mostly sunny outside. It's a great, great day. A day for a, a, a baseball game. Normally there'd be Cincinnati Reds at some point during this time. A lot of the Cincinnati Reds pregames would come in and, and interrupt the sports fan or at least make it maybe 30 minutes. Uh, you know, if it's a 7.30 game, I think they do an hour pregame. Uh, of course, I wasn't here last time around this time uh, to, to, to verify, you know, how long of a pregame they normally have. But still, you know, talking with Troy, this is usually like a, a shortened sports fan and we get ready for Marty Brenneman. And then uh, you know, Cincinnati Reds baseball in the area, but still uh, no no baseball yet. Brennan retired. You'd have Tommy Thrall on the radio, and you don't even get to listen to Thrall yet uh, because you know players and, and the owners and the commissioner are both you know, playing games right now, and they're trying to figure out not the game that we want them to play. Uh, it's just a, a disappointing you know, all around. Uh, but the chance that there will be no Major League Baseball season increased substantially today when the commissioner's office told the Players Association it will not proceed with the schedule unless the union waives its right to claim management violated a March agreement between the feuding sides. MLB's action was described to the Associated Press by a person familiar with the details who spoke uh, just condition of anonymity. 
uh, because no announcement was authorized. Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred said of last week's amateur draft that the chance of the season was 100%, uh, but he has rolled back those comments, and now it's probably about 50% Shocker. coming from, from Rob Manfred. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least I, I saw a tweet today that said he'd, he admits that uh, it's been a disaster in terms of optics for the MLB, so at least he knows that uh, everyone knows that he doesn't know uh, what's really going on here. Uh, to make a season, but yeah, no, I, I it, try to stay positive, but <laughs> every other day, uh, there's just something that makes it seem like there's definitely not going to be a season, so I don't, I don't know, well, we'll see, I mean, uh, just last week, Manfred was saying, I'm going to force them to play if they don't want to, because, and the players were going to go for it, I mean, they, they've, they've been battling back and forth so far, all this offseason, I, I say offseason, because, you know, it's pandemic shortened season, but you know, they, they've been trying to find a common ground between the owners and, and the players, uh, but you know, the, the players are just like, all right, listen, if you're only going to pay us for 48 games, then you know, tell us where and when. You know, that, that's what they basically said when their announcement come last Friday or Saturday, Sunday, whenever they had the announcement made, uh, but they did not. You know, now Manfred doesn't have the, the back to back that up now. You know, he's like, well, okay, no, I'm not going to mandate a schedule now. That's what the players literally told you in the memo to do. Tell them where and when, and they're going to start playing again. You know, if it's if you're going to pay them for 48 games, if that's all that the owners want to play is 48 games because they make a lot of more money you know, in the postseason uh, than they do in the regular season, then that's that's what the uh, the players have finally conceded to do. But now they're like, oh, this doesn't look good. This looks bad. Now the owners look bad. The whole situation looks bad. They all look bad. Yeah, no one looks good out of this. The uh, only thing that's going to make a difference is if you start playing baseball again. Then you worry about the, you know, the, the negotiations with the players back when the, uh, the the collective bargaining agreement comes up in 2022. You know, but you got this year that you have to deal with. Then you have the 2021 season plus 2022 now. And this is just... Not good for the sport of baseball. No, not at all. I think they're at risk of losing a lot of fans. Um, you have the players that uh, make a lot of money but are worried about making less money than, than uh, they normally would in the season. Of course, if you're not playing the same amount of games, you probably expect not to make the same amount of money. Then you have the owners who are all billionaires that uh, have probably the money that they can afford to fork out over this time, but they, of course, don't want to because they're not making revenue and all this stuff. They can't have fans in the stadium, and they can't even play games right now. And, of course, they're not on their TV air contracts either, so they're not getting that. Then you have the commissioner over all of it who somehow is even more incompetent than both sides. So, yeah, I mean, that doesn't doesn't really make for, uh, for uh, an equation to have a baseball season this year. I mean, we were hearing they're going to start July 4th. It's June, what, 15th today? 15th. We're halfway through June. They don't still have a plan. No. Everybody else has a plan. NBA's got a plan. NHL has a plan. And they have the most games out of any of the leagues. Right. (laughs) you got to come together with some kind of plan, and I get why the players aren't aren't really going for it. The players want as most regular season games as possible, and then... You know, to be paid for those regular season games. That's that's what they want to do. You know, they want to go out there. They want to have as normal as a season as possible, and then you know, go into the postseason. But you know, the way that that the owners have been packaging these deals is basically you know, shining up a way to repackage paying them for only 48 games of the season. I read a morning sports update this morning that said a couple MLB players their salary would be lower than their uh, their advances, their uh, you know, signing bonus, whatever it was. But it was a uh, 
a couple of players aren't going to make more than. Well, yeah, yeah. If you're to. still on your rookie deal, you're not. <laughs> I mean, you're not making that much money to oh. begin with. Imagine me if you're being a stud, like a guy like Juan Soto, right? Still on his rookie deal, is 22 years old. One of the best players on his team. Probably the reason they won the World Series last year. And he, I mean, <laughs> I guess he'll just crack six figures, which at a time like this, it's, it, it seems hard to complain about making that much. But in the whole landscape of things, it's tough. It's right. tough. And just imagine what the free agent market is going to look like. Because nobody's going to want to pay for free agents this year. Especially, I mean, the free agent market was going up and up and up and up. And then, you know, now with this crash, right, uh, who's going to pay, you know, JT Rilamuto, the, the catcher for the Phillies? Or who's going to pay, you know, Marcus Stroman, pitcher for the Mets? Or uh, there, there are a couple free at Mookie Betts. You know, Betts is not going to get the deal that he would have gotten oh, with no. a regular season. Betts was probably going to make north of $200 million, right? Uh, like five years, $200 million. Is that crazy to say? No. Yeah, former Betts. MVP. Yeah, I mean Bryce Harper made that much money. Like well, Mookie Harper Betts went up to was he three hundred or four hundred? I believe it was in the three hundreds. Three hundred, a then lot of Mike, money. Mike Trout got the four hundred deal, right? Yes. Yeah, and I understand Mike Trout's the best baseball player I ever watched, but Mookie Betts is up. <laughs> he's up there, in that in that category, not like the best ever, but right now playing the game. Right. He's Compared to better year than Bryce Harper last year. Yeah, I still say Harper's. I got paid way too much money, but that's a debate for another day. I, I thought he shouldn't even be close to the three hundred thousand. But I mean, the uh, or not three hundred thousand, three hundred million. <laughs> uh, but still, you know, that, that's a debate for another day. Uh, but baseball, you know, they, they got to figure it out. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, with with the pandemic and the uh, coronavirus. You know, colleges have to figure this out because what do they do when they have a uh, a positive test? You know, in West Virginia, they say a football player tested positive for the coronavirus. Uh, school made the announcement earlier today on the first day of voluntary workouts. The athletic department says contact tracing identified other football players who could have been exposed to the athlete. Both the player who tested positive and the others he may have been in contact with will isolate themselves for 14 days. Voluntary workouts continue for players who have tested negative for the virus. When West Virginia begins its fall semester on August 19th, students must wear masks on campus. Students, faculty, and staff must be tested for the virus before returning to campus. Uh, so I, I guess two things to unpack right there. Uh, the, they've been contact tracing at the college level, which is good. They've located the two people, you know, one tested positive, and then the other guy uh, that the one guy got in contact with. But then you know, this little thing at the end here where it says students must wear masks on campus. And then students, faculty, and staff must be tested for the virus before returning to campus. Uh, so it seems like West Virginia has a plan so, to get back. So have we now, do, do we have like now a mass like production of tests going on here? Like well, how are all these schools and pro teams and all that, how are they all getting tested so frequently all of a sudden? Well, I don't, I don't think it's going to be frequent, you know, but I, I think you do have to go to a, a testing site. I think Ohio opened up uh, free testing for everyone. I believe that was one of the announcements of DeWine within the last you know, week or so, the last couple of days during the week. Um, but, you know, when you have everybody who can go out and get a test if they need a test, which is good, then you can say, all right, well, if you can go out there and get a test and it's not going to cost you anything, you know, what, what is it, maybe five bucks to get a test, you know, in 15 minutes or less uh, to know if you have the virus or not. Um, but if schools are going to mandate that, that's at least a plan to move forward with. You know, they, they at least have something in place 
to then bring back students back on campus. What I'm curious about is how are the how is the UFC having these these events with all these people coming together? And obviously, UFC is as contact of a sport as it gets. Uh, you can't really avoid uh, not coming within six feet of someone in a UFC. How are none of these? How are none of them testing positive for this thing? I mean, maybe they they could have been isolated to begin with. I mean, they're normally training with what? How many people in a gym? Uh, and you, you have your whole. Yeah, I mean, all of them usually have three, four, five coaches. They got a coach for every single. I mean, MMA is all the it's boxing, it's wrestling, it's jujitsu, it's all that put together. You got a different coach for all of them. I mean, that's true, but I don't see. I mean, it, it is kind of more individualistic than it is, you know, let's say football. I mean, football, you got fifty-six guys. You know, at, at some point, was fifty-six man roster or something for fifty-three uh, for, for the 53? NFL. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you at least have fifty-three, or maybe more, maybe less, you know, plus coaches, plus staff. Uh, but when are you talking about MMA and UFC and and, and uh, the other fighters? I mean, it's not as big as a group of you know a football team or maybe a, it could be the size of a baseball team or a golf team. Maybe sure right? is that fair to to establish yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, but like another thing, look, the the World Health Organization is starting to release articles that perhaps asymptomatic people can't spread it. Right. Right. So if you're an athlete, you get it, you test positive, but you're asymptomatic you can't spread the disease why must you quarantine yourself for 14 days well that these, might these be... are all kind of just interesting things that i don't i don't know uh, it seems like they're starting to try to tell us that it's maybe not as serious as we once thought but yet we're still treating it as seriously as we did in the beginning even though it's not uh, what we thought it was I mean, that, it that's was, that's what confuses me that you, you got to prepare for the worst and that's what you did you know i'm, I'm sure you know the uh, the shutdown. You know saved lives. That's what that's what the stats say. You know in the beginning, you know they anticipated a huge peak, a huge curve. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, but the, but it just never came, uh, which is good because you took the steps. Not, I mean, you probably took the steps, but not directly you. Uh, but everybody took the steps uh, to be cautious, and then that changed the statistics. You know, as the stats changed, well then you know, things started to, to open back up again. Um, but still, when it uh, comes back down to the college level and testing, you know, it's always good to see that, all right, hospitals have enough testing. Once the hospitals have testing and the testing centers have enough tests, then, you know, other people like the NBA, like MLB, like NFL, NHL, WNBA, people can then start to buy those tests, and it's not so much, you know, uh, uh, scarcity. You know, it's not so much that, you know, they're not taking away from somebody who actually needs it, if that makes sense. So I, I think that they have enough testing to this point where they can start to open back up and you know, have you know, the the uh, college teams buy, I don't know, maybe a thousand tests or something and test their student-athletes. Because then yeah, that'd be one step in the right direction. You don't have to test the winter athletes yet unless they're on campus. Uh, just test the, uh, the, the fall sports. If you're able to, but it, I like that that the fact that West Virginia has a plan, because that's what right. baseball doesn't have. They don't have a plan. I, I, I go well, back to baseball. I, they don't I, have I a plan. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, completely different. But uh, yeah, it is interesting uh, that you know Texas is probably one of the first states, right, that uh, was like, all right, we're done. Unlock it all. Free for all, everybody, right? And they're the first kind of NFL team we're hearing about that has several cases of the virus. 
right? And they yeah, didn't and have. It's not just one. It's Texas Texans and and the Cowboys. Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott being one of them. Yep. The agent for Ezekiel Elliott says the star running back of the Dallas Cowboys has tested positive for the coronavirus. Rocky Arno tells the NFL Network that El, uh, Ezekiel Elliott is feeling okay and recovering. Person with direct knowledge. Uh, uh, tells the Associated Press that Elliot had tested positive about a week ago and could be described as symptomatic. He's not asymptomatic. He is symptomatic. Only players who have been rehabilitating injuries have been allowed inside team facilities during the shutdown. That has not included Elliot. Uh, so, yeah. It's also interesting as well that, that they're having several players on, on the team te- because they haven't been practicing. They haven't had OTAs, many camps, all that thing. They're supposed to be staying away from each other. I mean, uh, the NFL has announced that they're not going to probably have in-person workouts till training camps to start at the end of July. So it, it's it's interesting that so many guys from the same team are are are, are coming down with it. Right, and who knows where they could have been staying? You know, outside. You know, I I mean, I've stayed here in Athens for the since spring break. I didn't go home yet. Uh, you know, people could football players could have been staying with uh, with each other in, in houses. You know, maybe some people are probably roommates. Uh, so there's no, not NFL players, man. They got millions of dollars. They don't need a roommate. They could have a roommate, <laughs> though, especially when you're at a remote location. Like if you're going down for a uh, not spring training, you know, that's baseball. But if you're going to mini camps, OTAs, but they're not. They don't have them. But you don't think that they would try to get together and try to you know work I mean, out see, where I, they I've, can? I've saw some of them have done that. But if it comes out that those guys worked out, and then those are like the six, seven guys that that got the virus. That's going to look really bad. That is, but. Yeah, at at this point, you know, it's just, I guess, a couple of uh, Texan players, right? In, in and Dallas. And Dallas. Yes. So it's just the two uh, Texas teams that so have So far, yeah. I, I thought I read that the Seahawks had a player that tested positive, too. I Perhaps. could be wrong. I, I didn't really look into it. Uh, of course. I know, mean, I know the Ravens have had, you know, I know Lamar Jackson, the quarterback, obviously had a bunch of the receivers go down to Florida, and they worked out. I mean, I haven't heard anyone test positive out of that. Um but, yeah, I mean, these guys, it's their profession. At some point, they're probably going to find a way to get together. Yeah. You know, it would be good to see you know, when they come together. So, you know, Sam Darnold was running a workout for the Jets. I'm sure uh, Burrow's running workouts somewhere, some somehow, for, for the Bengals. You know, if NFL teams are working out, you know, i I got to imagine that, you know, the Bengals are, are working out, the Browns are working out, the, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers are, are working out somewhere. Uh, yeah. it, it just can't be just teams down in Texas. Uh, but those are where the, those cases are popping up. I'd also be interested to, to you know, obviously we, we've heard a lot of uh, they're having virtual workouts, virtual OTAs, virtual rookie minicamps, stuff like that. I wonder what the, like, do you think you just, you're, you're like in a, in a room you know, doing push-ups or something, you got a, like a strength coach watching you the whole time? <laughs> like, what do, you, what do you think those are like? Uh, I, to me, it's it'd be a funny you know, scenario because you got the strength coach screaming his head off on the Zoom call, right? And then exactly. he's just screaming his head off at every single. What if it's one. lag? What if it's lagging? I mean, it's gone. Yeah, well, you, you you're, you're off. You're off rhythm. You yeah. can't hear the. You can't hear the coach on time. You you might be done with the push-ups. Yeah, you might be done with the push-ups, but the strength coach is still yelling at you <laughs> to do something. Um, but yeah, that, this, they they figured out a way to try to work out in the off season, especially during the trying times, um, and it's good. You know, they, they were able to get it done, and now uh, they try to figure out a way to open yeah. back up. I mean, I'm sure the biggest thing that they're stressing, especially the rookies at a uh, team like, let's say, Cleveland, you got a whole new coach, whole new system, stuff like that. I'm sure they're really stressing, uh, read your playbook. 
So, uh, uh, there should be no excuse for not knowing the playbook. Yeah, right. Right, because you got to know, hey, what else would you be doing? You know, if, if you got drafted or if you're a, a rookie somewhere, uh, you want to make a good impression, they always, of course, make it a good impression to always know the playbook inside and out. But now with the quarantine, you don't have an excuse to be like, oh, well, I was working out here or, oh, I was you know, doing a, a shoe deal somewhere. No, I mean, everybody's been inside. You have nothing better to do, right? Yeah, I bet this, I'm pretty sure you already get yourself in the doghouse to begin with if you come in on a normal season as a rookie and you don't really know the playbook too well. Uh, it's probably not a good look. But, uh, yeah, I would think if you come in this year and uh, you're still uh, running the wrong routes or stuff like that, not knowing your assignments, probably find yourself at the bottom of the depth chart pretty quickly. Yeah. Especially undrafted guys, man. I mean, it's already tough enough for them to make a team, but... Probably. Uh, the one thing, and we, we praised this one league uh, last week, uh, but the WNBA plans to play its 2020 season in Florida uh, starting in late July. Uh, full pay, mind you. Yeah, full pay. WNBA has announced plans Baseball to play can't in, do that. No. Uh, an abbreviated 22-game season in Florida beginning in late July. League is still finalizing a partnership with the IMG Academy in... Um, Brandonton to play the games at the facility and possibly others nearby. Players would house would be housed at the IMG uh, place, and teams will hold training camps there as well. The games will be played with no fans in attendance. WNBA could use its regular playoff format with top eight teams making the postseason in the first two rounds being single elimination. The top two seeds would have buys until the semifinals. Postseason would end early October. 36-game season that was supposed to start May 15th. Uh, was delayed because of the uh, the pandemic. So WNBA didn't have a whole lot of games to begin with. The 36, they cut it down to 22, but they're still paying them 100% of their salaries, uh, and that's that that goes a long way you know, because that that's a well-run organization right there. The players came together, the owners came together, they made a deal. They're paying them their full salary. It it doesn't seem like it's uh, too hard there. No, no, it doesn't. Uh, didn't really seem too hard for any of the other major sports leagues either. Um, the only one I've, the only other league I've seen that's kind of pushback in America, is the MLS. But I mean, look overseas too, man. In Europe, they, well, the soccer leagues are all back. MLS also had some health concerns, right? I believe because that, that again, that's why you know we're in the pandemic to begin with, the health concerns. Uh, but still, you know, they they got to figure out a way. Um, to, to get back and going, and, and you got to tip your cap to the WNBA because they figured out a way quicker than does, the, the MLB. It makes you wonder how can, what are they doing in Europe with their players that they can't figure out what to do here? Literally, I mean, yeah, maybe it's just because American media doesn't really report on soccer that much, especially in other countries. But uh, you know, you didn't really hear too much about the build-up and the and the discussion between players and managers and all this stuff. It was just uh, soccer. This league's coming back on this day, and they're ready to go. That's all it was. Right. And um, in, in, in America, you know, they, they kind of now have been like, all right, players are concerned about X, Y, and Z. They've taken up those concerns, and they're trying to you know resolve them. But still, you know, they have a plan in place to move forward. The NHL has a plan in place to move forward. The NBA is planned to come back on the 31st as long as there's not like that second spike again. They've got that plan to move forward. You know, the only major sport left... Well, I mean, you have a couple major sports. NASCAR is already back and coming up again. UFC is already back up and running again. Golf had a tournament. This Golf past had weekend. a tournament. Uh, but you know, NFL hasn't had a chance to to really have their season tested yet. 
uh, because they're, they're playing a uh, full season, and obviously they're out of season right now. Uh, but but that just kind of leaves baseball hanging in the wings, uh, waiting to, to come back. Players want to come back. Obviously, the owners want them to come back because they're losing money left and right. Uh, but still, you know, they, they uh, nothing. They, they, they got nothing. Yeah, and it's tough for the players because, I mean, if you really think about it, the owners are going to prevail in this one. They can afford to not play a season and lose all the money because they got more. If you're a player and you sit out a year, it's it's probably going to start looking pretty tight on the on the bank, especially these minor league guys. I mean, some of them make sixty thousand, fifty, forty thousand dollars a year, and they're not even going to make it. I can guarantee in the future some of these contracts that players are going to sign is going to have a pandemic clause, mm. right? Because so some lawyer is going to become really rich who comes up with that one. Probably, <laughs> but still, I mean, they, they got to prepare for everything. That's why you sign the contract to be prepared for everything. If this happens, then this is void. If that happens, then all right, then you get a bonus, right? Yeah, it's not all negative, you know. If, if there's a pandemic, then you lose X amount of money, obviously. But you know, if there's, you know, if you do well, you become an MVP or something, then you get a bonus. Yeah, you know, no, I mean, point point being that the yeah. owners can afford to, to to wait this thing out until there's a till the if and even if there's not a season, they could. That most of them can afford to do that. Where uh, as these players, uh, they got to play. They got to play to get paid. And if they choose not to, I think they're going to find out kind of the hard way that, uh, you know, if you're not playing and you're not making money, it's it's tough. It's tough out there. It is tough. It's been rough past couple months, uh, but the shining spot right now, Athens baseball is back. I'm happy about that. And other sports are coming back too. You had NASCAR. You had golf. You had UFC. There's a plan that that you can't fault them for for not having a plan. There was a plan and they executed it. Uh, but that does it for the sports fan. Here we come back your way 6:06 tomorrow. For Joey Medora, this is Connor Mills signing off. Thanks for listening into the Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting. CBS News at the top of the hour. That's next.